This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. to the paddle and fin podcast network folks it's me gene we're going to get our wednesday limited series of doc talk fired up right now And welcome to the TPO Doc Talk presented to you by Battleborn Tackle. Folks, this is our Wednesday series. Um, these interviews that we've been that we did here, these are with different anglers around uh, the All American Kayak Series around the Midwest, and these are just some some cool cats that we that we uh, have been introduced to. We got a chance to meet out there on the road. 
when we're uh, when we're fishing around. And so we wanted to just kind of highlight some of these from all around the country. We had last Wednesday, uh, Mr. Andy Moore. This week, we've got Mr. Elvis Lee joining us from Minnesota, from the great up north there, man, um, is the interview that we're going to go ahead and play for you uh, here uh, coming up shortly. Again, just to, to be a reminder, Battleborn Tackle at Battleborn Tackle, hashtag Battleborn Tackle. They are the show sponsor for us here, veteran-owned online tackle distributor. Stick with us here because coming up uh, next week, we'll start, uh, we're going to start sharing some codes, get you some extra discounts uh, for listeners here. We're going to start doing some giveaways on our live show here. Uh, Battleborn's going to make it uh, so that we can do a lot of cool things out here, man. So uh, uh, AJ and the crew over there, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty awesome here uh, going forward. So without further ado, let's go ahead real quick here. And let's go ahead and fire up this Elvis Lee interview. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, this is a pre-recorded episode. We are not live. It says we're live here, but that's just the way we broadcast out. But this is a pre-recorded uh, deal here. And uh, let's uh, hope you enjoy this uh, this older interview that's uh, about 30, 45 days old or so, but still, still very uh, relevant here. So enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. And welcome to another edition of the All-American Kayak Series podcast, Doc Talk. What's happening, folks? By the time you see this here, uh, this recording that we're doing, it'll probably be after the holidays. Hope you all had a fantastic holiday season out there. And Santa uh, provided you with a solid fish miss and all that good stuff, man. We're gearing up. 2024 season is going to be just off the chain. Uh, really excited about these venues, how they're working out here, uh, all the events that we have lined up. Of course, for me personally, the Kentucky uh, uh, Lake event looks like it's just going to be just phenomenal. Can't wait to get to that one. In our series of interviewing anglers, we've been trying to kind of go around the country, uh, around the area here, obviously in the heartland of America, the Midwest, which is what the All-American focuses on. Um, as you've seen the other schedules come out, whether it's a big series, whether it's a, a big bass series, you notice that they continue to dance around the Midwest quite a bit. And that is something that we uh, are dedicated to here with the All-American is to continue to try to find ways working together with the anglers, with the local locations there to make these things possible, man. And so that's what Mr. Booth has created for us here. And that's what we're all set out. So in our series we're going up north, man. We're going up north here uh, for the interview series. We're going to Minnesota. We have with us tonight a guy that's no no stranger to fishing whatsoever, and has fished uh, several of the All American uh, Kayak Series events uh, over the over the past years. We have Mr. Elvis Lee joining us from Maplewood, Minnesota. Mr. Elvis Lee, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you, Gene? I'm good, brother. I'm good. So, man. Uh, it's uh well it's December when we're recording this. You guys covered in snow up there or is it abnormally warm? <laughs> it's it's quite warm this year. Uh it's crazy cuz uh you know I used to be big into cycling and I was uh you know did a lot of races when I was you know probably 10 years back and uh, one of my Facebook memory popped up that I did 109 miles with a friend um this time 
back in 20, I want to say it was 2017 or 2016. And 109 mile race. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. That was just a bicycle ride. So, Oh yeah. Just a ride. Yeah. So You're it, crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, 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 you know, I haven't cycled in the last three, four years. So it's, it's been a while. Um, anyways, yeah, it's, it's, it's abnormally warm. You know, it's usually, usually I remember last year, it, you know, we were already out ice fishing this time, but yeah, right. I, I've seen people out ice fishing already, but it's a little sketchy. You know, it's been a little too warm for, you know, for me to want to go out. I'll, I'll probably wait until after Christmas and probably get out a few times. You a big ice fisherman, man. You, do you look <clears throat> forward to that as much as you do, uh, saw, uh, you know, open water. <laughs> I was when I first got into a few years back. I was, you know, going out almost every every other day. Um, but as I got more serious into uh, kayak fishing and competing, um, I kind of just stopped going. I mean, I probably go out a handful of time. That's yeah. how much I've been doing the last couple of years. Um, you know, my my oldest son he uh, he loves ice fishing, and um, you know, we try to go out early ice fishing because that's Usually about the time, you know, I get a go and, um, you know, I told him, I was like, well, once my uh, fishing license expire, which is the end of February, I stop ice fishing. So you know, <laughs> right. I, I just wait for open water, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I enjoy ice fishing, but, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like crazy. Like I, I've only, I only go chase panfish during ice, right? Cause I enjoy pan, pan fishing. Yeah. And I'm not one of those guys who will, you know, drive up to Malax or Red Lake or whatever to go catch walleyes. I, I'm I'm not a walleye guy, so you know, just right. pan fish. So yeah. It's the gateway drug, right? The gateway fish, the pan <laughs> fish. That's what got us all into bass fishing to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh that's you know, before the the bass fishing and all that, it was the crappie fishing, mainly crappie fishing and then bluegills with my kids. You know, that was you know, this is probably I want to say five, six years ago when my older, my two oldest were still you know, a little young. I mean, my daughter, she's 12 now, but she used to go with me. I was like an avid float tube angler. You know, I did that nice. for two, three years, uh, probably a little bit longer than that. And my daughter was like my ride and die. You know, she was only like, uh, she was only like eight at that time. And, you know, she'll go with me, you know, we'll go float any, any lake we can find. And, you know, she would just, uh, you know, just, bluegills and crappies and yeah you know so i i i have a love for crappie fishing you know and, awesome. and bluegills too as long as you know they're big bluegills and um you know i tell people this i'm just like you know um i feel that you know if you're a good pan fisherman you can become a really good bass angler because especially if you're a finesse guy right i mean i i'm i would say i'm a finesse guy at heart you know yeah. um you know especially crappie fishing it's like you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of, I feel like it's a lot of finesse fishing. You know, I don't, I don't do the whole bobber thing. I'm just basically like a one thirty second or, or, or maybe sometime a one sixteen uh, jig head with a piece of, you know, like a inch and a half plastic piece of plastic, no bobber, yep. just cast out there. And then just, just, just watch the line, you know? Yep. And um, I feel that that kind of ties into um, bass fishing, right? Finesse fishing. Right. Because you're 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 feel you're you're just feeling for that bite, or you're watching your line jump, and that's all you're doing. It's very slow fishing. It's very. I mean, I know a lot of guys can't 
stand fishing that slow, but yep. you know, I, I've, I've done it enough to where, you know, if I have to, um, if I have to switch from power fishing to finesse, I can do it, you know, cause I mean, nice. I fish like a one fifteen ounce net net rig in like 30 feet of water. I just cast nice. out, let, let it sing all in the bottom and just slowly work it, you know, cause sometimes that's what you have to do. I feel like, especially up in Minnesota, you know, I think finesse, I would say finesse fishing would definitely, you know, help you cut a check. Well, you know, and I, so I lived in Rochester area there for like 10 years. We were talking off air about that. And yeah, man, around the twin cities, there isn't a body of water up there that doesn't get just hammered on during open water season. So it makes total sense that, you know, as time goes on and the pressure continues to rise on those bodies of water, moving to that finesse presentation is going to help you in a major way, you know, kind of separate you and, and lock up that limit and lock up maybe a little better quality for sure. Yeah, it's crazy how some of my biggest bass that I've caught has been from a net rig, you know, and um, <clears throat> guys don't believe me until they come out there and, and fish with me, you know, and, and watch me catch them in, you know, 20, 30 feet on a little, you know, like I say, a little two and a half inch, you know, bait. And, and yeah. like I said, it's very, it's very boring, but once you develop that, that feel and, um, you know, just the technique in general, you know, you can really do a lot of damage up here, you know, especially like I, like I say, especially around the grass, like the deep grass edges, because some of these, some of these grass edge girls, I mean, you, you can find them in 30 feet of water. Well, you know, the funny thing about finesse too, is that finesse fishing travels the entire country, no matter yes. where, what zone you're in, no matter where you're at, finesse fishing, such as Ned rigging and drop shotting and wacky rig, this catches fish from east coast to west coast and even across the pond. Um, you can, it's an indiscriminate, you know, bait, man. It just goes after, you know, and the fish come after it. You can't say the same thing for like buzz baits and, and, you know, and spin rigs and, you know, and chatter baits and stuff. That doesn't always, you know, like here in, in Colorado, you got a really small window where you're going to get away with some, you know, and it's got to be on the right body of water where you're going to, you know, be able to throw a spook out there, throw a, you know, a, a, a buzz bait or whatever. It's not a, you don't have as big a window out here for, to find success. Can you catch fish? Sure. Onesie twosies, but nothing that you would want to go in with a game plan on, you know, I mean, if you, if you do, you're, you're in trouble. Right. Right. I think that's why the guys from the California side, the Skeet Reese's, the Aaron Martins, you know, all these guys that, that come out of that West coast, that's why they travel so well on the up on the upper level. They've learned how to fish, you know, really tough conditions and they've learned to fish that finesse side. And, and yeah, like you said, man, it, it, you, if you learn that skill set, you can, you can do some serious damage with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like anything else. You just got to know when to apply it and when to put it away. Oh, yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> the first couple of years that I uh, started getting into kayak tournament fishing and uh, I, I, I think I used it too much. Like I couldn't let go of it. And um, what really did it for me was going on lacrosse and and just basically getting my butt handed to me. Right. Because I was just trying to throw this net rig, <clears throat> trying to make it work on lacrosse. And, you know, I think it was the it was the Hobie BOS. And um, <clears throat> I actually met Drew Gregory. That's the first time I actually met him. And, um, you know, first day didn't do good. I 
threw away a couple of fish that would have put that would have got me a limit but i was like you know uh they're cut they're 12 inches i was like ah, i'll probably catch some more you know and I, <laughs> end up, I end up yeah i ended up only landing three missed three and you know i only had three fish and i was like oh you know it's like ah, this kind of sucks you know so i saw drew <laughs> i met drew at the at the bow ramp and i was talking to him and you know i was like hey you know because this is my first time ever doing a, a national event right so <clears throat> I asked him, I was like, so, you know, since he's a, I guess you would call him a veteran, right? He's got the experience. And I asked him, I was like, you know, is it even worth it for me to come back out day two and fish? He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you still have big fish or the power move, you know, at that, I don't know if they still have power move on for the Hobie BS, but at that time there was a power move where they award someone with, with the biggest jump from day one or day two or from yeah day one or day two and they yep. give him like a uh, uh a battery right yep. and he's like yeah man you still have that you know you still have big bass you know don't don't get discouraged just go out there and just have fun you know literally just go have fun so and i said like, okay well you know what i already spent i think it was like 200 like 280 dollars or something for it. it's like well when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm in town. You know, I'm already spent all this money. Might as well go on day two and try and learn something, right? So I went, and then uh, day two was actually pretty fun. I caught a lot of fish, um, you know, uh, did some froggings, which I'm not really good at, did some frogging. Uh, a lot of, you know, found, found an area where I could throw a wacky rig early in the morning, and they were just, because they were just busting shad everywhere. And I was, and I was still in a wacky rig, and I was catching them, and then, um, you know, days over, day two is done, whatever, awards. Um, you know, at that time, it was like, I think it's right after COVID, so they didn't really have, um, you couldn't go meet up there. You just, right. you know, it was all got, virtual. Right. So um, I think Drew was the last person to catch chat, and I was listening to him, and he was talking about how, you know, he was throwing a spinner bay, who was changing the blade color because the water came up, you know, it got muddy. And I was just like, man, you know, it's like, so he was power fishing. He was doing all this technique that I didn't do, right? I, I wasn't, I didn't, I've never was a fan of a spinner baby because the, the time before this, the time that I ever caught fish were just northerns, right? And I was just like, ah, I don't want to catch a bunch of northern. And Drew was the one who kind of showed me that, you know, these kind of conditions, you have to present a bait that's that that these bats can actually see in those kind of water conditions. And know? feel, yeah. Right, feel, you know, the ladder line. So, it got me thinking, and after that, I was just like, okay, well, I'll start introducing uh, bladed jigs, spinner baits, and um, I started, you know, catching more fish, like in in those kind of scenario, right? 
And then I kind of put the net rig away after I jumped into that. And I started just power fishing, blade, bladed jigs, yeah. uh, net rig, uh, I mean, spinner bait and buzz bait, you know. And um, I, I fished the river quite a bit. Usually the time I go to the river is in the fall when everything kind of mellows down and there's not much going on. I go to the river with my two boys and then we go chase river smallmouth. And that's when I really got a sense for the spinner bait and the buzz bait, you know, chasing river smallmouth with that stuff because I'm just like, well, you know, river or smallmouth in general, you know, you always see people talk about a net rig or a drop shot or something finessey, right? Oh. So, smallmouth like, on top what? water are a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, exactly. They really so are. Like, you know what? I'll I'll throw a buzz bait and see if I can catch them. And oh my god, it was it, the the bite was just amazing. I just you know I was like, oh man, the spinner bait, buzz bait, and then I fished this river system the last couple of years, and I noticed what was going on, you know. Uh, it's the upper Mississippi, you know, it's, it's about three hours north of La Crosse. That's where the smallmouth be, becomes really, you know, it gets really fun, right? Yeah. You're, you're talking about a, a river system where all you're catching is just, it's just smallmouth. You know, you'll catch a large mouth here and there, but those are like unicorns on this part of the river. Right. You know, you're, you're just catching, you know, a lot, lot of, of 17 to 19 inch smallmouth. A lot more current up there, right? Yeah, a lot more current. You're actually you're you're doing floats. You're, you you really yep. can't pet or you can't really go upstream unless you got some kind of boat or or you know maybe a torpedo be able to go upstream. But for the most part, we're just doing float. You know, so yep. Um, lots of you know big fish, big giant smallmouth. You know. Now, and, uh, have you always been in Minnesota with your fishing? Is that where you kind of yeah. learned to bass fish right from yes, the from up yes. north there? Yes. So I, I was, I'm, I'm originally born in California, um, around the Fresno area. So we move up to Minnesota around 96 and I was about eight years old, nine years old at the time. Nice. And, um, so I learned how to fish up here. Um, you know, I, I got into, I mean, I, I fished my whole life, but I got married at a young age and pretty much when I got married, I didn't really do much fishing anymore. And, um, so fishing was just on and off. And then, you know, I got heavy into cycling and did a lot of races. And then, um, you know, I got to the point where I'm just like, oh, man, I kind of want to do a sport or something that I can get to enjoy with my kids as they grown up, you know. And yeah, I, you know, yeah. I love fishing. And at the time, my oldest son, he was only 10 and he loves fishing. But I never really made the time to go and, and fish with him because I'm always training as far as cycling go. And I was like, you know what, let's just let's just put this thing on on hold. And let's just go do something that I can enjoy with all the kids, right? And so we got into fishing. Good choice, Dad. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got into that, got into float tube fishing, uh, did that for a few years. And actually, you know, before the bass, it came. So after the panfish, it came the pike, right? Because I was like, oh, everybody can catch a bass. That was before I even knew anything about bass fishing, really. So I was like, yeah, anybody can catch a, a bass because, you know, we, we caught plenty of bass on crappie jays. And I was like, well, I didn't really want – I want something bigger, right? So I was like, well, let's just go chase some northern pike because I've yeah, plenty of them up there. Them. Yeah. yeah. There's many, you know. And I was like, yeah, I want to catch like a 40-plus-inch a one. But I, I spent a summer, you know, throwing big baits. That's where, that's where the big baits came from. You know, I started throwing big baits for – uh, northerns before i even try to even apply that to bass fishing and i actually caught bass throwing big baits you know so i was like mm, wait a minute 
okay, these fat dudes, <laughs> big bass. So, you know, and then um, I was, you know, I'm a competitive person. So I started looking around. I was like, well, I kind of want to do some tournaments. So just to kind of test where I'm, you know, my skill level is at. And um, there's this local um, club. And um, it's not even a club. It's more like a group, just a bunch of friends. And then, you know, I asked them, I said, hey, um, is there any way my son and I can come out and do a tournament with you guys? And, you know, they, these are just all kite anglers, right? Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, sure. The more the merrier, you know, we just kind of getting started. So, you know, the more people we can get, the better. So I said, okay. So I showed up and it was weird, you know, because I was still in a flow too, right? I, I pull up to the, to the bow ramp and got unloaded and everyone around me was, there's like probably 22 of us. Everyone else was on a kayak, but me, and I, I just look so out of place. I feel so out of place. You know? <laughs> so it was, it was funny. Um, and I remember no one talked to me, right? And uh, my friend Danny, you know, then I, that was the first time I met him. But now he's like my travel partner. We, we do a lot of events together. And he was the first person to, to ever approach me. You know, so it's just like, man, you know, like I, because I, I know how it feels to be out of place and to just show up and no one wants to talk to you because you, you look different, right? <laughs> so he, he he approached me and then we started talking and um, you know the tournament started. So I'm on a float tube. Guys are on a kayak. So you know the max speed I can go on a float tube is like 1.2 miles per hour. <laughs> you know? So I was stuck fishing around. You know uh, the lake wasn't big. I think the lake was like you know six seven hundred, uh, probably about 800 acres or so. So I was stuck fishing around the bow ramp by the bow ramp. And at the time, I was just throwing a lot of crankbaits, right? I was throwing um, a lot of, um, was it the uh, striking, um, God, what is those? Uh, 1.5s or? Uh, no, they're, they're deep divers. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember. They go down to about 12 to 15 feet. So I had a yep. few of them on. I was just like casting. And this is before I even knew uh, like a dedicated rods and all that. My brother was, my younger brother, he... Um, he got into bass fishing way before I did. So he, he gave me a, he gave me a rod, right? Uh, a Shimano crucial crankbait rod. So it was a seven foot, um, you know, moderate action. And that was like my favorite rod, right? Cause at that time I didn't know anything. So it was the perfect rod for the, the, the right job. I didn't really know what I was doing. I watched a lot of YouTube video and, and, and talk about offshore fishing. And, you know, I'm on a float too with like this, uh, this Garmin Striker 5 so I can read my, my depth and all that. And there was no mapping. It was just, you know, 2D and down, down imaging. So okay. that takes well, a skill set, so... man, to throw out six hooks <laughs> with something that those hooks could penetrate and sink you. That, uh, <laughs> you know, that, I, that takes some skill. <laughs> yeah, it's not as, it's not as scary as people make it out to be, right? Those, those <laughs> are, are, are really bulletproof. You know, so nice. anyway, so I, I just started scanning. I started going offshore looking for the deepest grass edge I can find. And I just cast that thing and just just basically burn it as fast as I can. And I had an 8.1 or gear ratio. And that was a workout. That was not, you know, it was my arms were like about to fall off at the end of the day. But to my surprise, I actually end up taking um, second place in that event. Good stuff. Know? And uh, the, the, the last fish that I caught, you know, because I didn't really know the rules then. I just knew that, you know, you, the the hooks had to be 
in its mouth or by its face, but this one actually hit it. And for some reason I hooked, I set the hook and then it, it hooked it on the side. Mm. So I brought it in. I said, well, you know, um, ethically, I, I can't really submit this fish because, or morally, I should say, um, it's not, you know, it didn't get hooked where, where it needs to be. So I just, cause that fish would have, would have put me in the winning. I would have won that event if I had submitted that fish, but I knew that it just didn't feel right. You know, I was like, you yep. know, I just, this is not me. So I let the fish go and I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, kind of sucks. And then, and then my buddy Danny, he came back and he went all the way to the end of the, uh, of the lake, came back and he's, I was just talking to him, see how the day was going. And he's like, oh man, you know, I did a, I did a, I did a shit move, you know, uh, fish, uh, my biggest fish, like a 19 something. It's like, it flopped off and, you know, now, you know, he's, he was all depressed and I kind of feel bad for him at the time, but I'm just like, you know, I still got to look out for myself too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, the crazy thing, I thought I was hot shit, right? I was like, oh man, you know, I just, I just <laughs> these guys, guys, I'm in like this $300, $350 flow tube. And I'm just throwing crankbaits all day. That's all I did. I was throwing crankbaits, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, second event rolls around, which was the same, the same, the following fall. And the the crazy thing was, so like I said, go back to a flow two and a kite, right? Flow two, you can't cover water. I don't remember. My God, it took me like 45 minutes straight just to kick from the boat ramp to one island by the boat ramp, which is only like maybe half a mile away. It took me 45 minutes, just straight kicking just to get there. Yep. And I sat there all day, just throwing the crankbait, doing the same thing over and over. And uh, I was a little disappointed because um, I wanted to win, because at that event, you know, first place takes on a kite, right? And I wanted to win it so bad because I wanted to get the kite for my son, right? And I, I end up tying for first as far as uh, total inches go. But the other guy, he got the bigger fish, so he won, right? So he, he won the tiebreaker. So I was a little disappointed, but I was like, you know, and, and the guy that won is my buddy, Danny Z. Anybody that knows Minnesota kayak fishing scene knows how good Danny Z is because he, he's won a lot of tournaments, right? So nice. I'm not thinking myself, I was like, you know what? I'm still pretty good because I just lost to him. I beat everyone else, right? So yeah, yeah. I feel too bad, and I, I went home with a little bit of – gas money i was like yeah you know what it's cool so the following year I, I did the same thing me and my buddy danny my other buddy danny we actually started hosting uh we call them pickup tournaments it's just more like you know smaller tournaments cheap entry fee to kind of get guys involved and uh me and him me and him are were like the tournament directors you should say so we were hosting those events and i actually did pretty good in that that's that that whole season I think the worst finish I did was like a fifth place, but everything else was like, you know, uh, top threes. I did win one event at the end of the year, and I was I was so happy because I was like, oh man, I just want to win one event and float two and beat all these kite guys, right? And I, right. I ended up doing that. So then I was like, okay, well, I wanted to get more competitive. I start seeing guys like you know, uh, doing like kbf hobie and and the bass stuff and in what year what years uh give me an idea of what what time frame are we talking about here how many years uh, ago so 2021 was the first year i started kayak tournament fishing gotcha so, nice then, so before then i was just fishing out of the float tube yep and then so 
2021 came around, uh, there was the opportunity to become a tournament director for uh, the Slay Nation kayak series. And um, I jumped on it. I became the tournament director. Um, it was just a lot of, you know, that was my first year actually officiating these, these kind of events, uh, getting permits approved and all that. And it was just so much for me to take on. And I was just overwhelmed with, you know, some of that stuff. And, and I couldn't focus on fishing because I was actually fishing the tournaments and trying to judge at the same time. I'm just like, you know, what? I can't do with this. And it's just, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I ended up not doing good at all. And most of the events, because I was just, you know, I was just, mine was somewhere else. So I decided that 2022, I'm just going to focus on being a, being an angler and just go on half fun and try to learn. So that's what I did. Um, you know, I, I've had some good, some success and some not so good results. Like, you know, I, the, the, when Bass came to lacrosse back in 2021, that fall, that it was still a one day event. So I fished that event and I actually was the last person to make the cut for uh, the top 10% to go to the championship. Nice. So I ended up, um, in ninth for that event. <laughs> catch a little bit of check uh, a little check and then uh, it was me and one of my brother-in-law he took fifth in that event so the following spring which would be 2022 of march we drove down to south carolina for the bassmaster kite championship and that was the first time i've ever actually that was on hartwell right uh it was on russell so the- oh russell yep so that was gotcha. my first time ever fishing out of minnesota and um and I, I didn't have a good experience at all. I, <laughs> I it's it, a different world, man. It's different. It's different. And that was before I even have a motor. And uh, I was just paddling. And I'm just like, go here. And I was like, oh my God, there's no grass. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I fish? There's no grass, right? Because yeah. it's all grass fishing for the most part, you know? And, yeah. and there's no grass. I didn't know how to fish it. I didn't know what I was doing, um, you know? And, and our lace, like, we don't have. You know, people talk about creek channels, channel swing banks, all that. We don't have that in Minnesota. Nope. We just, you know, a lot of natural grass lakes. So I was going to say, they're all natural lakes up there, you know, and it's a, it sets up. The bass act different. Yeah, the rule of thumb from the north is find the grass, find the bass. You know, that's exactly. – exactly. and when you go to these places, these these lowland reservoirs or these highland reservoirs uh, that are all man-made, man, it's like if there's grass, it's usually not in the water you know (laughs) yes yes i agree so i had a tough time uh day one i didn't do good i only had like three fish i was you know um i kind of picked up on 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 the pattern too late in the day um you know i i brought a bunch of stuff you know i caught i caught schooling spotted bass chasing bait fish in the middle of a creek arm with a bladed uh with a blade bear i just go out there yo-yo it and I was like, okay, well, maybe I can make this happen on tournament day. And it came around. It never, never happened. Like, I just like, right. okay, what am I doing wrong? You know, and then I noticed the wind started picking up. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go throw a crankbait and see if I can catch them off uh, windblown points. And I did. I caught three, lost one, and it was already too late in the day. And I was like, well, you know what? Let's Let's try to see if we can capitalize on that pattern for day two. And and uh, I watched the weather, and um, the wind didn't pick up till like I think one o'clock. And lines, I was like two thirty or so. 
Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is not going to work because there's no wind. These fish are, and I, and I didn't know anything about draw. you know, these, these reservoirs where they draw water when, you know, when they pull water and these fish active, I didn't know anything like that. You know, I didn't start I, create I, current. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know any of that until after the fact that, you know, uh, listening to drew and, uh, well, um, Oh, God, there's there's another guy I can't remember. He's on the Old Town team, but you know they they did really good on day one, and then day two they pull water and their fish move. And I did not know that until they talked about it. And I said, "Wow, these fish are so different compared to ours because ours are uh, landlocked lakes, right? So there's no current, nothing. Only current you're gonna get is from the wind, right? Or exactly. Or, so it's like I did not know that. I didn't understand how to fish these." type of fishery i didn't know how much the current affect these fish because i mean they you know everyone talk about current when they talk about like on the tva or whatever they say oh yeah you know this current and i'm just like thinking to myself it's a current okay current to me is fishing the upper mississippi where there's actually current where you're flowing down right yep but when they talk about current they're talking about underwater current where you don't really see the current but it's there right so i did not understand any of that you know so i had a had a hard time adjusting fishing in the south um, I'll tell you, I became far more locked in on the current situations when I got out of my boat and into a kayak because the kayak gets affected by that. You can actually, you know, you can actually see the drift start to start to occur. Uh, we were on Pickwick a couple of years ago and there was, I could tell right when they started to pull, I could, you could almost see it's like, yep. Okay. They're pulling now because my motor for spot lock would have to, you know, engage a little bit heavier to hold me on those points and so forth. And it was just such a small window that it would occur. So, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, you know, as, as a grown man, I, that was the first time, like after day one, that was the first time I, I feel like crying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm just like, gut punch. I, I, I got my ego hurt so bad. I'm just like, Oh man, like, what am I doing? Like, I feel like, because you know, it, I have so many people supporting me and behind me. And I'm just like, damn, I feel like I, I was like, I feel like I, I failed everyone. Right. Right. I feel so bad. I was just like, man, you know, like people were counting on me and I'm just like, man, this is, this is not a good feeling. And, um, you know, after day two and I was like, whatever. Um, Cause my son actually had went down with me to that event, but my sister lives in North Carolina. So she came and picked him up for the weekend to spend with her. So I was like, well, you know, let's just stop by the classic because it's on the way to pick on my son anyway. So there you go. Uh, I stopped by the classic and I, I saw Dusty Yacker and I was talking to him. And I was telling him my experience and how bad and he's like, dude, don't feel bad, man. Everyone goes through that. I talked to Bailey from uh, uh, what is what is Bailey Ibrit? I can't remember what's uh, their their fishing podcast. Uh, anyways, I talked to him. He said the same thing. He's like, don't worry about it. Everybody goes through it. You know, uh, not everyone can win every every day, right? So it's like just, you know, you'll get over it. Just, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah, you get know, used I, to it in this sport because you can fish yeah. it for 25 years and you're still going to have days like that. It's just, <laughs> right. it's what, it's really what separates uh, competitive angling in my mind from so many other sports. Normally other sports, you know, you, you work and you work and you work and you kind of raise that bar each time, right? Each season you know, you may not win, but you have a better output, right. you know, right. in this sport, you can, you can go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows from day one to day 
300, you know, 3,962, <laughs> you can right. still go out there and for whatever reason, yeah. things just don't come together. Right. It's a, it's a tough deal. When did you first get a chance to, uh, to join with uh, the all American and jump in one of those events? Uh, so that was back in 2021, my first year in a kayak. And, oh, nice. Uh, they came to lacrosse and I, and, and Minyak at the time, I, I didn't join Minyak cause I was too busy, um, being a tournament director for Slay Nation. So I, I hop on their event for, for that event because there was a joint event. So I double dip in Maniac and uh, All-American. And um, I actually, it was crazy because um, I went to a spot that I had done some white bass fishing with my brother-in-law off of a boat there, you know, like six, seven years ago, maybe even was, longer than that. Was and that at lacrosse? Yes, that was in Lacrosse. Yeah. It was on Kuwait, yeah. and um, so I was like, you know what? Let me just go check this. So I went and checked that spot um, the day before the tournament, and I was looking for the wing dam, and I didn't really know what it looked like on 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 my graph. But I just turned around, like I sat still for like two minutes, right, on the kite, and I turned around, look around, and I saw ripples around. And I was like, oh my god, that's a that's a wing dam right there. And I saw them just started busting shat out of nowhere. And I said, oh, wait a minute. So I cast a net rig over there and I start catching them. And I caught like a 19 and a half smallmouth. I said, oh my God, this is a giant. I was like, okay, maybe I'll save the spot, come back next day. So that's what I ended up doing. I, I came back there for the tournament the next day. And I ended up catching a 19, my biggest fish was a 19 inch smallmouth. <clears throat> and then I caught a few more smaller fish. And then I was like, okay, well, this is not working, you know. That was before I even knew how these fish were kind of, you know, how they move on the Mississippi. And, you know, there's, they're so, like, the thing about lacrosse is everyone always talk about how good the pre-fishing was, right? That's that's what everyone talks about. <laughs> yeah. And tournament day, the, the, those smallmouth just absolutely move. Yeah. Right? So, they're, so they're, they're constantly chasing bait. And I was like, oh, man, this kind of sucks, you know. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here catching them, you know, early in the morning, as soon as the sun came up, they were just busting shad for like a 30, 40 minute window. Right. And they just all of a sudden disappeared. And I was like, okay, I got to scramble. I got to put a limit together. I got to go and just, just, you know, stay in the area, but just hopefully you can get something to work. And I caught a few, um, I, I, I caught enough fish to put me in fifth for the all American and fourth in the Minyak event. So I ended up catching a, a small check. And I was like, oh, man, this is, you know, I thought I was hot shit again. And I was like, damn. I <laughs> that, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I got humble. You know, like, after that, there's some events I did. I got humble. And, um, you know, especially, like I said, going down to the south and, and fishing something that's so different and so new to me, I just yeah. I just couldn't make that adjustment. And um, the, Ozark, the Ozark Lakes are, a, like, complete 180 flip. Yeah for that i i actually went before i got into kayaks i was living in minnesota there in the boat game and my buddy and i um actually joined the ozark series and started making those trips so we started not fishing the great lakes division anymore that hit lacrosse three times we did that for like three four years five years whatever but then we decided to to just get into new water you know go hit something new and so yeah that was I never realized just how much finesse was such a big player, like say on table rock. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think table rock, I think KVD throwing jerk baits, throwing crank baits, you know, that was, that's what was in my mind. 
<laughs> until you get down there and it's like, yeah, grab a Ned rig, pull that off that main point, you know, right there and watch the spots yeah. and the smallies go crazy, you know, for the thing. So yeah, that's awesome stuff. So when you and I first like had a chance to talk, it was at Okaboji, I think. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, I had, uh, we go to Okaboji and that was the uh, last season, not yep. this 23. That wasn't, tw- was that 23? 23. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was there 2022 and 2023, but 2023 was when we first, you know, met on the water. Uh, officially, yeah, I got yes. a chance to talk. I had found in in leading up to it, I found something that I did not expect to find. You know, I had I had come across some fish sitting on a flat in yeah. those weeds, and they were the right ones, man. I had I backed off and was shaking <laughs> them off. I was like, I'm not going to touch these, and. I remember what you had said when you saw me out there that day. You were like, "What is this guy doing? Clear the hell out here!" Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy, Gene is. Um, that's typically how you win on Minnesota Grass Lake. What, what you were doing—that's the right yeah. way to do it. But it was just the wrong time, you know, because they were yeah. actually moving up to spawn. So, um, typically, I'll tell you, you what. Did, that's 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 typically how I would fish it. Let's if the tournament was the day before, I was writing a check. I promise yeah, you, because yes, they were yes. there. <laughs> yes, you know, and you know, it's it's crazy because, um, you know, because I, I fish Okaboji the year prior, and I so I I kind of went off a little bit off of uh, history, right? And yep. not just that, but just because the um, the All American Kai Classic was. Basic. Well, I think it was a few weeks before that, right? It was. Yep. Yes, it was a few weeks before that. So two two weeks. Yes, and I was just like thinking to myself, I was like, "Well, it was crazy because for the classic, I had I, you know, I, I got off work at midnight. I drove down, I fished all day, and I found fish on you know the Mouser Creeks, right? So it's like, okay, well, I'll go and see if I can make that bite happen. And it turned out that those fish have actually moved up the next day to start betting yeah. i did not know that until i talked to some of the guy at the house they say oh yeah dude for some reason these fish weren't here yesterday but now they're here and i was like what like i was like what like how does that even happen you know so i was like okay you know so for day two for the all american classic i went into a different pocket and found betting fish so so my thinking for for the okoboji event i was like okay I'm going to go back to the first day of Okaboji. I got off work in the morning. I drove down there. It's only three hours drive. Drove down there. Went to a whole new part of the lake I've never fished before. I actually did pretty good there. I found bedding fish and um, all on a spinnerbait. It was crazy. I was going to say, dude, you were wearing them out on a spinnerbait. I was watching that going, all right. (laughs) Yeah, go get them. That was awesome. Day day one of Okaboji was all about the spinnerbait, right? So. I've actually went up to one pocket and I was like, well, this looks like a spawning pocket, right? And I was like, ah, there's got to be some fish here, but I don't know, man. So I started casting toward the shoreline. There's so many carps everywhere. So I was like, let me just cast into this flat, in the middle of the flat. And it was so windy that I couldn't really see. But, you know, every time I go past it, you can kind of see like yellow spots. Like, I was like, oh, those got to be bass. And then I started casting a spinnerbait, just blind casting. I started catching fish. So I noticed, I was like, wait a minute. These fish are actually pulling up to these flats, starting to stage up and starting to bed, right? So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So I, I, I caught a limit there. I slowly upgraded. And I was like, okay, let me make my way to the other side of the lake. Let me see if I can find something that's very similar. I actually end up finding more fish. 
and um, did more upgrading and I caught one fish that was two minute, uh, a minute too late. You know, I didn't know that um, if, 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 if the all American gave you that one minute leeway, right? So I said, okay, I'm gonna submit it anyways. And then I got DQ, so I called uh, Josh right away and I say, hey, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if you guys give anglers a one minute leeway to that lines out or not. And he's like, unfortunately we don't. I said, like, oh man. I was kind of upset because I was like, man, that's going to cost me. You know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this sucks. So I was like, okay, well, the whole night I just kept thinking, I was like, okay, where am I going to go for day two? Because I actually didn't beat my day one spot too hard because I was like thinking about going back there. And I was like, that's the size. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go to first <laughs> day two for last year. So I went there and, um, you know, I was just like, man, there's just, I'm right on this flat, right? I could see. I could see beds, I could, ugh, beds everywhere. If the water was so clear compared to the year before, because it was just gym super clear. clear. Yeah, super clear. Because the year before, it was so muddy, you couldn't see it, right? We're not talking about four feet of water, you couldn't even see the bottom. And this year was just so clear. I can see everything. I could see beds everywhere. I saw a few males here and there, and I was like, so I was like, okay, well, what if it's like the All American were in the afternoon, they start moving in, right? So yeah. I was thinking, yep. I was like, okay. Let me let me just go fish these docks, and let's just come back throughout the day just to see if those big females pull up. And the first dock I pull up to, I, I started from the walkway. I, I just threw a a a, a, whack, a weightless wacky rig. I caught a small buck. So okay, cool, whatever. Worked my way to the front of the dock, and I did a horrible skip. Got in there, let it sink for and a few seconds. I saw my line jump. So I set the hook and I said, oh my God, this is a giant. It's like a 20 and a half. Got that in. I was like, man, let me just go hit up all these dogs and see what happened. Yeah. And I fished these dogs and, you know, I was just like started catching them. And I noticed there was, there was a pattern going on, right? So I actually saw a big fish on a, on a jet ski uh, lift and I couldn't get it to bite. For some reason, I skipped it. I scared it away. So I'm just like thinking to myself, it's like, Okay, I'm saving you for the very last. I'm going to come back and catch you at the very end of the day. So I went on about my day, and I noticed that these bass were were setting up around clear docks, like like super clear water, because some, some areas of the lake was super muddy, some were super gen clear. And I noticed they weren't under the docks because those carp were under the docks, but those those bass were positioned, it's almost like, um, like a, a mouth of a creek where they're on the outside in between docks i just yeah. kept rolling back and forth and but i couldn't get them to bite so what i know about sight fishing as far as my experience go is when i see that happen i back off until i can't see them and i cast in there and i can get them to fire up so i'll, I'll get one and then i'll pull the little wolf pack they'll come up and then you know i'll have to let them reset for 15 20 minutes to come back and catch them so throughout the day i was just doing that in the same stretch just going back and forth 30 minutes left and i was like okay because in, in that time, I actually went back to where I launched out of where that spawning flat is. I checked on it twice throughout the day. There's no fish. So I was like, I can't rely on this. I got to just go do what I'm doing. So I saved that last fish. The last 30 minutes, I, I made my way back there. And I'm just like, okay, I know the fish is there. I can't see it, but I know it's there, right? Because <laughs> all, all these big females are actually spawning on these dock posts. So, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to skip my whack wacky rig in between the dock and the and the jet ski lift 
And I, for some reason, I skipped in there. I didn't know. I I don't know how I got the fish out of there. I hit spot log, and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to let this let this fish do his thing and see if I can get it out there. For some reason, I was able to pull out, and there was a guy fishing there, and I was yelling, hollering, and I was so excited. I told the guy, I said, oh, man, I think I just – I'm going to go home with a check today, you know? And I was so excited, and then five – like, a couple minutes left, and I went back to the first dock that I caught the big one, and I saw a giant fish in there. And then I skipped my, uh, you know, wacky rig in there, try to get it to bite, but it's like two minutes left. So I couldn't get it to cooperate. And I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I got this. I don't I don't need that fish, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I wrong? I, I went, you know, it was, uh, you know, the, the ceremony went there, and then they announced, uh, I think I got fifth, right? Yeah, I got fifth. Yeah. And I just like, oh man, like Tyler beat me. And I was like, see, the thing was that if I caught that fish that would have count day one, it would have put me in fourth. You know, I would have just bumped on one spot, but I was just like, I was so excited. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to go home with a nice hardware. I'm going to go home with some, some cash. And it's just like, nope, that didn't happen. Still so. dude, fifth place against that group of anglers. I mean, that's something, I mean, the one cool thing about the all American for sure is that when you go fish against these, these guys, you know, it is, it is a more relaxed field, but I don't take that as a relaxed yeah. skill set. The anglers you're you're gonna face, you're facing some of the best anglers in the country. I mean, it just yeah. so happens we all, you know, they all live in the Midwest. Yeah. And you know, it's it's like, yeah. So when you you place a top five or a top ten at an all American event, man, that's something to be proud of for sure. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you were mentioning this about the, the big bait stuff there, and I noticed a post that you had on, on Facebook there and sitting right behind you. I wanted to give you a chance to talk about those real fast here. What what do we got uh, sitting behind us here, the big uh, the big uh, so glides? I got, so I got some of the – these are the Dream Smashers soft baits. These are six inches. These are actually made locally. And then uh, I got these. These, these are uh, made by my uncle who lives in California. This is a – Big game custom um, shad glide. This is a uh, seven inch, and uh, so I actually got one of this. So this is his um, his new version of his bluegill glides. This is the slim gill glide. This is a six and a half inch, and then I actually. At the time, I was looking for a, this is a crank down. This goes down to about you know twelve to fifteen feet. And, nice. Uh, at that time, he didn't. My uncle wasn't making any because these are all basically hand poured, handmade. You know. Wow. Uh, and and um, he didn't have any in stock, and I found a guy that was selling this, and I wasn't a fan of this color right because this is like a brown reddish, and then yep. with the clear belly. I wasn't a fan of. It. I was like, you know what? What can go wrong? I can always send it out and have someone else paint it right so i i bought it got it in and this this, this was the last time i actually got to fish which is a month ago a little bit over a month yeah. right before everything started icing uh icing out and um i took this out to the local lake took live scope out and i just started casting and then i was off in deep water about 30 feet on a deep grass edge and i, I, I scan out and i was like Okay, there's a there's a school of bluegills right in about forty feet in front of me. So I bomb cast this. I'm like, you know, I'm on twenty pound models, so it's not gonna sink as deep as I like to, but it got down to about eleven, twelve feet and about fifty feet away I can see I can see the bait and life scope. 
So I was just cranking pause, cranking pause. And then as soon as I went through that below that scooter bluegill, I paused it. I saw something flashing in like 22 feet of water off the grass edge, just shooting up. And I was like, wait a minute. That's, I was like, I don't know if that's a bass or a pike because usually the pike, they're, they're, they're pretty big on life. So you can kind of tell. Yeah. But the thing was just flashing so fast. That I didn't know if it was a bass or a pike. So I kept cranking pause and like 20 feet away, like about 30 feet away from me. I paused it. And then it was still sitting about 10 feet, right? And then that bass just shot up and looked at it. And as soon as I did one hand crank, and that was about to do no way, it just smashed it. And I set the hug and I was like, oh my God, it's a freaking bass. I was like, wait a minute. I've never seen anything like this before, you know, because I was just like, this bait, like really this bait has that much drawing power. Yeah. You know, I was just like, holy cow. And I, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, you know, I think it's, I gotta, I gotta give credit to Jordan Westerman, you know, because it was because of him. That's why I got into this big bait, um, binge lately, you know, cause I mean, I, I've thrown big baits in the past for Northern Pikes and, and bass and I wasn't really super hardcore, but after hearing what he did at that big bass 250 event on Lake of the Ozark, you know, he was throwing, he was throwing a, a, a rat. Right. And I just like, I was like, a rat like what, like what? <laughs> and he was like yeah he was just like you know like especially when you're fishing these bluff walls and all this like these lakes down there you got rodents living in these these holes and then right and he told me that when it rained the bike got even better for him i'm just like scratching my ass like dude that how does that make any sense and he's like well you gotta think about it they live in these holes and when the water on water you know water rises and it floods their home they gotta go they can't they gotta get out of the water right and he was like well these bass are smart they know that so they're waiting, just looking up, waiting for these rodents to come out. They go out there and snatch it. And he's like, yeah, like he told me, he's like, yeah, the bike got even better when it started raining even harder. It was just like crazy. And I was like, what? Like, I was just like lost my mind. Jordan, Jordan does some crazy stuff, yeah. man. And, it, and he makes yeah. it work. That's the thing. Yeah. He makes it work. Exactly. So, and then I started talking to him. He started, we started talking about big baits and he was kind of like telling me, you know, kind of like what to do, how to fish them. And, and yep. he really just kind of you know, ignite that big bait bite for me again, you know? So I reached out to my uncle in the past. I wouldn't buy like this. These things are so expensive and I wouldn't pay more for like more than 40 bucks for a bait. Right. And, and I just like, you know what, let me try this and let me see if, you know, I end up spending so much money and I'm just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Our, our sport does that to you, right? Yes. Yes. You know, so, so now I have all these big baits that will cover, the whole water column that I, if I needed to, you know, and uh, that's awesome, man. I'm actually looking forward to replacing my crankbaits with these big uh, crank downs. They're basically just big crankbaits. You know, it's a seven inch bait, yep. you know, and, and it's, it does the same thing. It's just, you know, it's just a bigger profile. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big, I love Lysco, right? I don't always use it, but, but it has helped me cash checks. And so it paid for itself, you know, so, sure, sure. um, Using the crankbaits, I noticed that the crankbait has a lot of drawing power. And what you can do with LifeScope is, you, you know, you, you throw a bait out there, you get it, and, and you bring it in, and you just watch fish come out from the bottom that you don't even know that they're there. You know, and you go back and follow with a drop shot or a net rig, and that's how I was catching some of these fish. You know, I'll just cast right. it out, wind it back, watch watch these fish come from the bottom, and go back and follow with a net rig or a drop shot and catch them that way. You know, that's so, awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so. so looking forward to 2024 here um you've you've uh, put the schedule up there you've been seeing what what's out there 
what uh what what are some of the events that you're looking forward to hit man on uh on the 2024 schedule with the all-american uh i'm planning to do all of them um you know i've been telling myself the last few years that i need to get on the road and fish and and i i want to win one event on the road and the only way for me to do that is to actually do it there's just no way like i can't just fish up here you know like like i you know, fishing in Minnesota, I feel like I can hold my own. You know, I do I do fairly well. Um, most of these events, I don't even prefit. I just show up and and just fish. You know, and and I've won and cash check doing that way. But I can't do that once I'm fishing in the South. You know, like it's you know, once I'm in like Missouri or 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 more South, I can't do that because I don't know any of those. Like, it's just set up so different. They're they're freaking huge. Yeah, and, big know, water. I, right. So it's like, well, I got to take, you know, I actually have to spend time pre-fish, learn how these fish are, you know, how they set up. You know, see, it's all seasonal pattern. And people always, you know, it's funny because you watch YouTube and people say, oh, yeah, you know, this time of year you do this, you do that. And I'm just like, well, you don't have creek arms up here. How do I go fish like that? You know, when there's no creek arm, there's, yeah. you know, we, we don't, we, it's just all natural grass that we, you know, so most of these lakes are just bowls and it's just grass and it's just like, well, it's so featureless. What do you do? Right. So down there, you have all these crazy looking topography and it's just like, man, I need to spend time on how to fish those. Like if I want to win or at least do well, I have to spend the time. So I decided that 2024 is going to be the year, my first year being on the road fishing. So that, I might that's not awesome. do, I might not do any local stuff, but we'll see, you know, because I'm so busy working that, you know, I don't have time to really fish as much as I want to. What so, do you do when you're not fishing? What do you do for a living? Uh, so I work for a company called Interplastic, and what we do there is we make, you know, all kinds of resins. It could be for anything, countertop, nice. uh, fiberglass boats, you know, all kinds of, of uh, resins. So. Cool. Uh, I've been with a company for almost two years and it's just so much over, like a lot of mandatory overtime. And, you know, so I don't, I don't get a fish. I mean, I, it may seem like I fish a lot because of my posting, but I don't get a fish a lot. You know, um, like I said, the last time I've been out was a little bit over a month ago, you know? Yeah. So um, I know the time on water is everything, but at the same time, if you're not learning when you're on the water, then you're just wasting time. Right. You know? So, Time on water is very crucial, but I don't think that it's everything, you know, unless that's what you do for a living. But, you know, um, so I always try to listen to podcasts, different podcasts. I try to consume as much as I can while I'm not fishing, um, you know, because I feel like I can learn that way, too, if, you know, if I'm not on the water, you know, so. You know, you had mentioned something too, and this is something I encountered when I lived, cause I lived up in Minnesota there for 10 years and you had made, you know, mentioned that guys talk about, you know, Creek channel swings and this and this, and we didn't have that on a lot of the lakes we fished, mm -hmm. but there was also something that went on most of the time and see if you concur with me on this. It was like, we were stuck in a time warp too, because by the time all the information started coming out about spawning and it's the spawn and it's pre-spawn and you know the magazines are covering it all the topics online we still had freaking ice on the lakes it's like bro <laughs> yeah. our fish are not even close to that they yeah. were they were like in the future of what we're gonna see <laughs> they're right. talking about dog days of summer and we're like dude they're just now getting on beds up here what are you talking about <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know yeah, our, our season here is is really short i tell people that you know minnesota we there's there's a season right 
So you can't fish for bass until basically, I think it's like a Memorial weekend, like the weekend after Memorial. M Mother's Day usually. Yeah. Somewhere around yeah. there. Middle of May is before they open it up the season. Yes. Yeah. So we don't get a chance. We don't, I mean, the only way to go is to go to Wisconsin or fish some of the border water, but that's, yeah. that's river fishing. And um, so we don't really have that experience of what pre-spawn fishing is really like, you know, because, you know, right. once the season opens in May, then you have about two to three weeks and then they start spawning already. And the spawn happens so fast. And yeah, and it, it in some lakes, like, especially if you're talking about Northern and Southern uh, Minnesota, you know, the, the northern obviously is going to be a little later just because they they you know they they don't get up to temp you know they're about two to three weeks um later right so yep. i live in the metro area so for us you know as soon as they start spotting then the northern part just slowly starting there those fish are starting stage you know so yep. the spawning period is so it happens so fast you know i mean i mean you hear about guys talking about florida and texas where they spawn for a whole month we don't have that here we, right. It's like literally two to three weeks, and that's it. That's it. You know, if you don't get on them, then you're you're never gonna get on them until the following year. You know, so, um, you know what I, I noticed in the past is uh, as soon as ice out, just go fish shallow flats, fish yep. shallow flats, spawning flats, because those fish are gonna be up their feet. They're up. coming, yeah, yeah they're for coming. Sure. And they move differently, and not just that. Uh, you know, our bass live shallow water, like guys will catch them in two to four feet of water under the ice, you know? So it's like those fish live shallow year round. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, obviously you're going to have your, your, your resident shallow fish. And then you have your fish that migrates to the deep water and then come back in you know, in spring and, you know, whatnot. But yeah, you know, I always, I, the, what I learned in the, le the last two season is just as soon as iced out, you know, I'm talking about going to Wisconsin, right? As soon as the ice out, just go fish these shallow flats, spawning flats, and just chuck a wine and bait, you know, it could yep. be anything, you know, just, just a moving, moving bait. Those fish are super active. Father's day was always, so I had a camper in a, in a lot up there at Coon Lake. Okay. Um, and it's father's day weekend, man, right. You know, a week before a week after right in that all the way up, probably I would say actually two weeks after, cause you could take it right up to about 4th of July. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just unbelievable fishing. It was um, almost very little skill involved because they were just, they were rampart, man. They were all yeah. through the lily pads. They were up against a uh, swim. One of the largest fish I've ever uh, had hooked for a brief period of time actually was on coon. I had thrown a, a just a little uh, scum frogs, little, uh, uh, little rat um, okay. up against the uh, edge of a swim deck. It was yep. sitting out there and I, there was one side of it that had a shadow cast on it from the time of day I threw up into there and, and freaking basszilla, man, a mouth on the thing <laughs> just devoured. And as I set the hook, I felt a, just a little bit of tug and then boom, come out of it. My son and I both had it not come out of the water. We would have never known the size of it. My son and I saw the thing. And we're like, Oh my Lord. You know I mean? And it was always around that, but you're right, man, because about after that, you start getting into July and those temps are coming up and the, and things, yeah. then you got to start, you know, start considering your deep grass edges and, you know, yeah. things like that. If you want to find the quality. So, right. Right. For sure. You, you are right about the quality, finding them out deeper water. Usually, 
I feel like what I feel is like, you know, like once it's summer, I feel like the majority of your quality fish are going to be out deeper in the deeper grass edge. Don't get me wrong. Guys are going to win, you know, frogging or punching or flipping in shallow, sure. you know, stuff. But for me, I've always been an offshore guy. So, you know, every chance I get to fish deep, I'm going to do it. You know, my and, buddy is too. He's an offshore guy and he would, I still remember we were on Waconia and uh, he found something sitting in about uh, about 22 foot of water. Mm-hmm. Come in with a pair of twins, five five and a quarters. You know, two wow. twin. Yeah, he just decimated the field, man. He just laid waste to us that day. But uh, that yeah. was in the boat days for sure. You know, you mentioned the five, the two fives. Yeah. You know, it's crazy how, you know, Minnesota don't, we're not known for big bass, right? And... We're, we're not known for big bass, but when you look at a lot of these boat tournaments, a lot of these tournaments, you got to have at least 20 pounds to even catch a check, right? Oh, yeah. There's so many, like the qual- like the three to five pounds fish, is just, they're just everywhere, you know? Yeah. Yes, we don't have this, you know, eight, nine, 10 plus pound fish, but we do have plenty of, you know, four to five pound fish, you know? And, and that's usually what it takes to win up here, you know, as far as boat tournament. I mean, yeah. if you're talking about, let's just say inches, right? So inches, you know, most of the time you're going to be in the high 80s, low 90s. That's that's like anywhere else. You know, and it's crazy. We did, uh, we had an event um, on, around the metro area of the Twin Cities. And um, it was like a roadrunner. And the guy, the kid that won, he put up 97 inches. And I think he weighed all his fish. And he was like, it was close to 27 pounds. Good Lord. In this city lake, in this city lake where there's like, you know, just traffic. Tons of pressure. Yeah. yeah tons, tons of pressure up there. And it's just crazy. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't know we have that kind of fish. And like, I know we have big fish, but I didn't know that there was that many quality of fish in yeah. this, in, in the city lakes, you know, and um, it kind of opened my eyes like, oh, wow. Like there's, there's actually some big fish in here, you know? So. I think if memory serves, the state record was just west of the cities. I thought in a pretty small little pond. It's like an eight fifteen, yes. isn't it? Yes, yes. It's yeah. uh, uh, I can't remember the lake, but it's like west of, right by Lake Minnetonka. It's just like yeah. a small lake. So yeah, it's eight pound fifteen ounces. Yeah. Um, there was an eight pounder caught in one of the boat tournament a couple years ago. It was eight pounds and I want to say eight pounds and six ounces or something. Wow. So, yeah, that's a big fish, you know. I swear I've seen its brother or one that could have. The co-angler and I saw it. We were at Coronas. Okay, yep, Coronas. And yep. on that southern, um, that part of that southern swing, that point that comes out there, mm-hmm. it was cruising in about six foot of water. It was super clear water. You could see it. We were running a little weed edge, and I was, you know, about – 10, 15% trolling motor, you know, speed. And we're just yeah. running this weed edge coming the opposite direction. I thought it was a carp at first when I saw <laughs> it. And as it got closer, I remember in this, I mean, I have no problem admitting this. I see this monster bass, you know, swimming yeah. by. And I'm like, my jaw opens up. I'm like, oh my God. And my co-angler turns and he's because we were fishing off this side yep. and the thing thing come cruising on the opposite side. So he was coming right down the boat. We're looking at this and my co-angler looks over. He goes, is that a freaking bass? I'm like, oh my God. Yes. 
We started, by the time we realized what happens, we're throwing, you know, trying to throw out to yeah. it to see if we could get it. It's like, yeah, no, that's not happening. He saw I, us. I, I believe, He's not interested. I believe Corona's got, you know, I, I think, I believe that there's, you know, something like that there because Corona's is such a healthy fishery. I mean, they're, they're just munching on those, those little perch, you know, there's yeah. so many fingling perch and those smallmouth are so big because they feed off of those perch and, you know, I, I, I believe there. I mean, I think state record, you know, and I, I will say that state record smallmouth, there's a good chance that it's going to come out of Corona's, you know, because because of how wow. healthy that fishery is. You know, I think Jordan, Jordan Westerman caught, I'm going to say like a 20, 21 or 22 inch smallmouth there during the Maniac event. He won that event. That's a couple of years ago. Wow. And there were talks that, yeah, there's a potential that Corona's might have the state record of smallmouth, you know, in a, in a few years, you know. So, yeah. I I I fished twice, and I I've only ever caught one smallmouth, you know. Yeah, and, I always hit greens when I was there. I didn't I didn't really target the smallies when I was there. Yeah, it's I feel like smallmouth are. I'm not good with smallmouth in lakes, right? It's just. I feel like they move so much. Yeah, they're very I nomadic. I don't have enough experience, but if it's like if it's predominantly a smallmouth fishery, then it's a little easier because they're more like uh, your big largemouth where they stage out on deep grasses and and more of the offshore structure where you can kind of predict where they're going to be at. You know, because I I won, I won doing that just fishing you know deep grass edge catching big smallmouth like that. And I actually won Coronas this year for the Minyak event. I didn't pre-fish. I just, I just showed up. I was just like, you know what? I got fourth last year. I don't have time to pre-fish. I'm just gonna show up to, you know, basically go off of history and just see what happened. And I took. Thank God I, I brought live scope. So I brought live scope. I went out there early in the morning. I was just fishing a flat off of some islands, and you know, I caught some big fish doing that. But I was like. It's like three, two hours in. I was like, well, I only got three fish on the board. And they're they're all good size, right? I was like, well, I can grind it off all day just catching two more. Or I can try to go offshore on these deep grasses and then see see if I can, you know, make something happen. And it was, it was probably one of my furnace days of fishing. Went out there, started scoping, uh, found a defined grass edge in like 12 feet of water. And I was like, well, man, there, there might be something there. So I threw it drop shot i can i just watch everything on live scope i saw a fish come out and i was like whoa this is crazy it's like okay well I, I i sat in one spot for god like two hours just doing the same pitch over and over and over yeah <laughs> i caught so many yeah. fish in one spot but the problem was they're all like you know 15 to 16 inch and i was like oh man it took me a long time to get an upgrade and the, in that event i did catch a smallmouth and it was one of my keeper but that was just like so random it just like on on this rock vein on this flat i just throwing a spinner bay out there and it bit it you know just blank nice. it bit it so there's yeah. lots of edges lots of weeds and such in coronas for sure and you yes. can find them as long as that light penetrates down you can i mean you get some 15 16 foot weeds man yeah. that are down there depending exactly. so last question for you brother when you're looking forward to and you're looking at this schedule what event jumps out to you man what's the one you're most looking forward to going to um, I'm going to have to say Lake of the Ozark. Nice. Because I was there this past fall and I've kind of fell in love with how everything's set up. Yeah. I'm not fond of dock fish. I'm not a big dock fishing guy. 
I know there's a ton of docs, but I was going to say, there's, yeah, the docs there is insane. Yes. But I'm not really into dock fishing. When I was there, I caught all my fish on bluff walls. Right. And Jordan, plenty of those too. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, he was like, I was like, did you do any dock fishing? He's like, yeah, I went to fish one dock for like five minutes and I gave up. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, well, what did you go fish? He's like, well, I just basically went and fished bluff walls. And I was like, dude, I did exactly that. And then that's how the whole, the big old rat bait, you know, came about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, I saw a lot of good stuff that I want to go back to and and, and try in, in the spring because I know that I think when we go there, it's going to be just right in that pre-spawn, right, where they just slowly oh, yeah. are moving up. So I figure, you know what? It might be good with the stuff that I see, you know, and unless I, it's a really, really warm spring, then, you know, yeah. then they might be a little bit closer to the spawn, but yeah, I think we'll definitely be, be in that cool thing about LOZ man is that depending on where you launch, where you go, you can, you can fish any, just about any way you want to fish from, yes. from brush to, to bluff walls, to points, to, to flats, to docks. I mean, yeah. and you're going to find, I mean, every cast there, I mean, there's good quality fish in that, in that water, man. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that's going to be exciting. We've got, um, eco fishing shop is, is coming on board for us for that event. They're going to be our okay, event nice. sponsor. We're yep. going to be there with the award ceremony. We'll be at eco. We've got a host hotel with the sleep in all of it right there in Camdenton. Okay. So that's, that's going to be the home base. Um, that we'll be set up at. So yeah, man, it's going to be a ton of fun. Looks like we'll have food there at the award banquet, have some cool giveaways. So yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome event. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. I I, I can't wait, you know, being up North, it's like, well, it's either ice fishing now or you just sit out until it's time to go. And and I'm I'm actually just looking forward to it, you know, because, uh, well, my, my first event is going to be that, the native no limit on uh, Lake Chickamauga and nice. I've never fished it. So I was like, well, the last few years I've been, you know, going early, you know, starting my season early in March down South. So I was like, well, that's gives me a perfect chance, you know? So cool. Um, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that. And yeah, I mean, Lake of the Ozark is, you know, what I'm looking forward to the most as far as the all American series go. Um, I've never fished Kentucky, but I I've heard that it's, it's kind of a hit and miss. Yeah. You know? It's in its rebuild. There's no question about it. We've got a lot yeah. of support coming from the area. So the event's going to be a ton of fun regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have, we've got uh, Moore's Resort is going to be our uh, host uh, uh, area for that. That's where the awards will be for that one. Um, and so that's right there. A lot of water will be in play. Um, you know, the that that old girl was legendary, man. Kentucky Lake was legendary yeah. for a lot of years. It it got beat up, but it's about in year four or five now of its rebuild, and it's coming yeah, back. You know, and, yeah. and so I think who better than a field of you know the Midwest you know top anglers to head out there and just try to spread out and break this place down and let's yeah let's see what's in play there for sure. So exactly. I'm I'm excited when you have. Uh, local areas that are excited to have you come to town. That's a good thing for, for yep. traveling anglers. Cause we've got, you know, we got a lot of support, like I said, coming from the, the tourist areas there, the resort is going to give out, you know, special deals for anglers rates to stay there. Um, and again, we'll have, we'll have some entertainment going on, have yeah. some food at the awards. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, Gene, are you looking yeah. forward to lacrosse? <laughs> Unbelievably, my friend. Yes, I absolutely love lacrosse. Um, what I, I didn't, 
what I, I didn't realize. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say what I didn't realize is I actually perform and do better on rivers. Um, lo and behold, my time uh, as a kid growing up around them, then my time on the dive rescue team, learning swift water, learning how to read water, um, and then growing there, you know, the competitively fishing around those river rats down there. The Cade yeah. Laufenbergs and those guys in the boats, you know, the the uh, uh, the brothers that are down there. I mean, these guys live on the river. You go get your teeth kicked in by those guys, man. It just I'm the kind of guy that I don't dis- get disgruntled with that. When someone whoops me real good, it make it just fires me up. It's like, oh, I gotta beat him. I gotta figure out what I'm doing wrong. You know, figure out what else I can do. So yeah, I personally love seven, eight, and nine. I love uh, the Prairie Duchesne area. Uh, yep. you know, that, uh, that when you get the chance to fish nine, 10, 11, you know, that yep. type of stuff, I love it all down there. Plus, uh, explore lacrosse is a fantastic, the community loves tournaments coming into town. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I'm stoked. I, I only ask because, you know, it's, it seemed like people are they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. There's, just, there's just no in between, you know, when it comes to lacrosse. So that's why yeah. I just had to ask you, <laughs> I mean, I, it fish, can, but- it can be tough. It yes. can be tough okay. if what I think what's hard too is that lacrosse is the kind of place that there's some people that have really good results every time they go there. Right. And so if you're the kind of person that looks at that and says, well, they're just gonna, they're gonna win. If that's your approach, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a national. Midwest regional, you know, series isn't for you then. (laughs) Is I I don't I don't mean that disrespectful, and I most certainly want everybody to to fish with us. Mm -hmm. I suggest change your mindset, man. Yeah. Because I promise you, lacrosse is no different than any other body of water. On any given day, if you know the stars align properly, you can win that thing from more than one or two areas. I promise you that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, lacrosse, man. Lacrosse and crush, lacrosse and crush someone's dream. Like it's it's you can go from here to zero just like that lacrosse. And and my my biggest advice to people that never fish lacrosse is don't chase those brown ones. No, good <laughs> do, advice. Do not chase them. You are gonna be in for disappointment. You know, I think um, Tyler was the first person where I've seen that actually you know, was able to make those fish work from three days straight when they had that, um, the three day events a couple of years ago. Yep. And I was just surprised. Like, Holy, I mean, I mean, even Tyler admitted, he was like, dude, he didn't know that those fish are going to be around. Like he, yeah. you know, cause usually you'll find them pre like pre fishing is always going to be good no matter what you look at. And then tournament day, those, those Browns just, just move out. And, you know, I, I learned that early on. I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to chase them because I've, I've been, you know, I've been left dry. Chasing yeah. them. so Dude. i was like you know just chase those those green ones they're a lot more predictable there's plenty full of them you know um and if you if you so, land on the brown ones on tournament day count your lucky stars exactly drain the area down to where there's yep. nothing left exactly <laughs> you know and yeah but you're you're a hundred percent right man you just you if you find them just take a mental note of it and move on because yep. yeah they they move so much yeah Yep, they they definitely move so much. So, well, listen, brother, I can't thank you enough for coming on uh, uh, the show here and spending some time chatting with us. I'm excited to see you because I'll be at all the events as well, man. We need to connect up, grab a beer, grab oh, yeah. something to eat, or whatever sure. when we're out there. 
Um, I'm not going to be competing in any of these. I'll be on the water, um, trying to get media coverage, trying to get some, you know, photos, but, um, and we've got another couple things that we're working on that I'll be doing when I'm at this, but I will not be competing, uh, at the end of the day on any, any of those, since I'm going to be working there with that stuff. But like I said, I'll still be out. I want to stay plugged into what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, we'll, uh, we'll definitely connect up and, uh, and have, have a good time when we're out there. I appreciate for you having me on. And one last question I did want to ask you. Yeah. Um, is there any possible chance of having an event on, in Minnesota going yes. moving forward? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It All was right. actually in conversation uh, this year. We started looking at things. Um, so I will say at the very topical answer, um, you know, obviously Josh Booth is the ultimate dis, uh, deciding mm-hmm. factor as he is the owner of the series and the tournament director. Yeah. He, he relies heavily on Troy and I uh, to give him input, you know, and our, we, we hash out our decisions. It's not a dictatorship by any measure, but one of the things we all, you know, concurred on the fact was that trying to get permits in Minnesota as a, as a national, you know, out of state trail, is really, really a challenge. Minnesota does not uh, make it real easy to do so. Um, so that was the first piece. The other piece was where could we go that would have, you know, enough water to support, you know, the potential for a 75 or a hundred angler. Easy. We yeah. go to the upper Mississippi where we catch nothing but smallmouth, giant smallmouth. Or gotcha. you're going to need at least 95 plus inches to even catch a check. So, that's yeah. that's pretty exciting yeah we should uh so when it comes time when we start looking at schedule for 25 um uh make sure uh, i'll uh i'll reach out to you and that we kind of get okay. your input and see you know get other people's thoughts and we just have to look at logistics to make sure we can you know having support for these areas is really a big key to the longevity of the series as much as we'd like to go to these off the beaten path places um if the local areas can't help us come to town, right? What that spells is just a short, short uh, time span for the All American because there's 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 a lot of overhead, you know, well not a right. ton, but there is overhead involved in putting these things on. We don't just want to put them on and do awards out of the back of our trucks anymore. We want to make this an event that you guys love, man, that you have, you have fun when you come to these things. So to do that, it takes, you know, local areas to support us. So, I mean, I get it at the end of the day, all American is still a business, you know? So, yeah, you know, I get it. You know, we so. do, we just try to take the the pressure down and we just try to we're about to make a, a huge announcement here coming up in January with something that will really stamp home when we say we are angler focused we mean it man and we're about to make a big announcement here for this next season that's going to be available to every angler at every event that's going to really prove that you know and it'll be it's kind of like that stamp of yeah man we're doing something that no no other series is doing um, and we're doing this because we want to make sure the anglers have an amazing time when they're there. And uh, th- we're doing this because we're we're working deals out with places and other entities so that we can, you know, bring this stuff to the field. Oh. So it's going to be a ton of fun, brother. It really is. I'm, I think 24 is going to be a remarkable year for us. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked you're going to be at every one of them, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that that's the goal. So. Yeah, you know whether I do well or not. All I know is that I'm going to be learning. 
you know, I'm going to be taking away something from every each event and, and bringing back home, be able to apply it, you know, and then oh, that's yeah. what I've done in the past. But, but yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm excited for, and that's, that support team is behind you regardless of where you place, you know, that now you've been doing yeah. this long enough. Yeah. They, they got your back no matter what. Yes. Awesome. Well, listen, man, thank you again, folks at home. Make sure head on out over to, if you want to follow Elvis uh, at Facebook, we got his, uh, got his uh, uh, Facebook page up there. Also Instagram, follow along. He's got a lot of good content that goes on out there. Throw him some information. If you uh, throw him a DM, if you want information on those glide baits, where he's getting them from, actually, he's got a post out there. I think you put on, on where you're picking up some of those big old glides. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. So uh, check that stuff out there. And of course, as always, when it comes to the all American, make sure you're hitting our subscribe button. We are spun off now from the true Patriot outfitters. We're not, uh, we're produced by them obviously, cause I'm sitting over here, but we are our own. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap that up. As I said, this is an older broadcast that we had. We're not spun off. We're, we're, uh, we we were at one time, but we're all back under one big happy family, one big roof here. So, uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, uh, the interview with Elvis. He's a really really interesting dude. He has a mountain of information. Just such a good good person, man. Um, and we're we're proud to have him on the All American. Uh, uh, you know, uh, rosters out there when he comes out to compete, he's, he's definitely a guy out there looking to take your money. Uh, so you need to need to bear with that. Hey, make sure to smash that subscribe button for us. We appreciate you joining us here on a Wednesday evening. Uh, this is limited. It'll only probably be going through February here. Um, uh, with these we'll be, uh, we'll be done with our, the interview and then we'll be back to, uh, of course, just having once a week with the, uh, the main show on Monday nights, which is the TPO doc talk podcast brought to you by battle born tackle, an online tackle distributor that is a veteran owned small business. Um, Two, two amazing things to support there. Number one, small business. Number two, veteran owned. Can't go wrong with that. Thanks again, folks, for hanging with us here through the show. We hope you uh, absolutely enjoyed uh, the interview there. And as always, tight lines. Be safe. 